Hello and welcome to episode 151 of Travel Stories from the Back Again and Gone podcast. Yes, still being recorded in the beautiful home office of Chateau Relaxo, Florida. And tonight, it's my thoughts on Oktoberfest and some recent hotel stays. Thanks for listening. Hello, if you are a new listener, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. And tonight I am enjoying a Goose Island Beer Tropical Hug or Tropical Beer Hug Double IPA 9.9 APV. Over the past few months, I have been traveling more and more. There's been nothing much to report on as far as the hotel stays, as far as the travel. Most hotels, most restaurants and gas stations are 50-50 on the requirement of patrons wearing masks. Almost all of them still have that plexiglass riot shield around the cash registers. However, the one constant is that almost every single employees in those facilities are masked up, or at least they pull their mask up when people walk in. So the motivation for this Oktoberfest episode came from the CEO in our recent trip to one of my and her favorite places, Savannah, Georgia. It's the place we got married in. And if there was some way that we could afford to live there, which we can't, we would. And we find ourselves in Savannah once a year at least, sometimes two times, sometimes three times, just depending on what we have going on. Most of the time, the stay is great. However, this one was a bit disappointing, and this happened at the Hilton property, the Hampton Inn and Suites Historic District. And this is a hotel that I know for our group business-wise, lots of the guys have stayed there over the years, but this visit was a little bit different. It was my first time there. This is the feedback that I left on Hilton's website. And I started off with, it's rare that I complain, but I have to after this stay. In roughly 20 years of being a Hilton Honors member, this has been one of the worst hotels that I have ever stayed at and well below what I call Hampton Inn standards. And I actually started thinking about what was the worst hotel that I ever stayed at. And I think it was a Holiday Inn Express. It was in the Panhandle of Florida. It was 20 years ago. And the room was absolutely disgusting. It was like something that you would see on Cops or Live PD. Truly, the only thing that was missing was a chalk outline of a body on the carpet. We checked in and probably five, maybe seven minutes later, we all checked out. But I went on to say that the hallway carpet was stained, not from coffee, not from soda, but what appeared to be water stains from leaks. We were, thankfully, we thought, upgraded to room 524. The carpet inside this room appeared to have burn marks by the bed, as well as stains in front of the sofa, as well as stains on the sofa. And I'll put up pictures. The office chair arms were worn as well. The upgraded room had the smallest coffee table that I have ever seen. And I went on to say the bathroom shelves had flaking paint. The caulk around the base of the toilet wasn't even touching the base of the toilet. And there was what appeared to be mold along the baseboard, as well as in the corner of the tub. And to top it off, the refrigerator had a huge buildup of ice. I said, I'd like to request some sort of a reimbursement for the 100,000 points. 
that I spent on this reservation. Had I put this on my American Express Hilton card, I would be disputing the charge. The only bright spot of the hotel stay was the desk clerk sky. Very friendly, very welcoming. And then I finished up with, I have pictures in case you were interested. And I really didn't know what to expect. I never put any sort of a complaint up on the Hilton website. I have put some compliments on both Marriott and Hilton. And of course you typically do get a response because you're not complaining, but this one was a definite complaint. Well, less than 24 hours later, the property's general manager called me personally to apologize and let me know that he would go and inspect our room himself and then finished up the conversation with letting me know that they would be crediting me back those 100,000 points. Less than four hours later, those points were back into my Hilton bank account. So when I booked the room, the room rate was right at 240, 2.50. So doing some quick Chateau Relaxo math, it made me realize that keeping roughly 500 bucks in my bank account before taxes was a better deal than letting loose of 100,000 points from my quickly diminishing Hilton Point bank account. And besides, we weren't gonna hit Savannah till probably 9 p.m. Friday night. And with everything that we had planned for Saturday, the room was nothing more than a place to sleep, no spa time, no restaurant time, and no time to really have a drink and relax. So hats off to the Hampton Inn and Suites Historic District. They did make things right. Maybe I'll try them again sometime, maybe I won't, but they did at least come through on what they said they would do. This past weekend, we headed to Disney Springs for the night, the same Disney Springs that we find ourselves at every three or four months, and Disney Springs was packed. They are no longer requiring temperature checks before entering the area, and they only had requirements for masks if you were inside of the establishments. As we customarily do, we dined at Splitsville, and I always say we dine there to renegotiate our marriage. And after dinner, we caught the new James Bond movie, No Time to Die, and had a great evening. But believe it or not, a lot of people do not know this, but Disney Springs actually has a cigar shop, Sosa's, complete with a small smoking lounge. And as we left the theater, I swear the same three people were sitting in the same three chairs that we passed on the way into the theater. And my guess is that those guys looked at their wives and their kids and said, go have a good time. I'm going to hang out here and enjoy a stick or two while you guys shop. As far as staying, we ended up, and you got to follow this one closely. We ended up staying at the Hilton Orlando Buena Vista Palace Disney Springs area and not our normal preferred hotel, Hilton, Orlando, Lake Buena Vista, Disney Springs area. Two very similar names, two very confusing names, and two properties that are located for the most part across the street from each other. But each property offers a completely different experience. So we were at the palace. This was our third stay there. And if you listen to any of the past episodes or the archives, our first day, when we got to our room, we opened the fridge to find the previous guests leftover dinner and half melted gooey frap. So they probably hadn't vacated the uh, hotel room that much before we got there. Called downstairs, explained the situation. They said they'd bring up a new fridge while we were out to dinner, which they did. Unfortunately, they moved the leftovers from the previous guests into our new fridge. So after another phone call or two, that got straightened out. 
The next trip, when we went and unlocked the door to our room, we found someone else's luggage as well as their belongings, as well as them in what was supposed to have been our room. So here's a quick travel tip. We haven't done one in a while. Not only use the deadbolts, but also swing that little silver metal bar across the door to keep it closed. So for the third trip, I really wasn't holding out any high expectations. But again, this was one night. We weren't going to be back to the room till probably midnight and more than likely checked out by 10 a.m. So I figured let's give it a shot. Drum roll, please. Everything was fine. No leftover food in the fridge. No one in our room. The AC was ice cold and we were checked out by 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning. On to tonight's topic, my thoughts on Oktoberfest. Most of us over the age of 21 are familiar with Oktoberfest, and most of us associate it with food, German food, and beer. And you wouldn't be all that far off. And here are the cliff notes. The Oktoberfest, and the German pronunciation is Oktoberfest. The K is German, so you'll traditionally see it spelled O-K-T-O-B-E-R-E-F-E-S-T. The American version is Oktoberfest with a C. So Oktoberfest is the world's largest Volkfest or beer festival and traveling fun fair. So think Renfest, but without all the kissing winches or eh, possibly there are some kissing winches. But Oktoberfest is an annual festival in Munich and it's held over a two week period ending on the first Sunday in October. The festival originated in October 12th of 1810 in celebration of the marriage of the Crown Prince of Bavaria, who later began, became King Louis I to Princess Teresa von something with a hyphen in it. The festival concluded five days after the wedding with a horse race held in the open area that came to be called the Thurstenweiss or Teresa's Green. So we have a solid foundation on which to build a party. We got marriage, we got beer, almost makes for the beginnings of a good reality show. And my Oktoberfest interactions have all been stateside. And in my adult life, they've all been in the South. That being said, though, the entrepreneur made it to the motherland Munich pre-pandemic 2019. And he said it was all that it was cut up to be. He got so legit as even to rent a pair of Lederhosen for him and his crew. They had a blast. He said he can't wait to do it again some point. When we lived down south at Frickford Farms, we hit up the yearly Fort Lauderdale Oktoberfest celebration. Think 90 degrees. Think the smell of sunscreen and lots of tank tops. In episode 149, I shared my thoughts on beer. I talked about those acrylic beer mugs that are molded into the shape of a boot. Well, this is where you find them, all of them. Las Olas Boulevard, downtown Fort Lauderdale. Then add to that all the food vendors selling those greasy brats, the pretzels, the size of your head, and of course, sauerkraut that comes from a five pound can. Those three things are the equivalent of German fast food. And in the past, the beer at the Fort Lauderdale Oktoberfest was of course, Yingling Oktoberfest in 2021. More than likely, they've expanded it to something that included the Beer Light Fall Seltzer Pack. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, next time you go to the store, you will see the Bud Light Fall Seltzer Pack, complete with plaid cans, 
and flavors such as toasted marshmallow and apple and cinnamon. Uh, don't waste your money. Our other Oktoberfest destination every so often is Helen, Georgia. And if you're not familiar with Helen, Georgia, it's about 90 miles north of Atlanta. Believe it or not, the population is right around 450. And believe it or not, again, it is Georgia's third most visited city. Now, the value add with Helen is that it is a Bavarian-themed town. So think Alps, but in the Appalachians. It is the perfect setting for Oktoberfest, and Helen does it right. Of course, last year, Oktoberfest 2020 was canceled. However, this year, Oktoberfest 2021 is in full force. I am going to try to get up there and at least make a quick appearance. But Oktoberfest, base camp in Helen is the Fest Hall. This is what actually houses the event, German-style bands from around the country, from around the world. You can see the Alphorts blown, the cowbells rung, and of course, my favorite, the accordion being squeezed. And when it comes to Oktoberfest food, in Helen, Georgia, it's really no different than what's served there every day. It's a Bavarian-themed town. You'll find your uh, Sauerbraten beef, your Hosenbraten, and of course, a variety of schnitzels. When it comes to beer, think original Hofbrau. Pair that with some Hofbrau Hefenweizen and of course, some Hofbrau Hefendunkel. All true, legit German beers, but you can still find your Miller Lite as well as a decent selection of Gaelic ales that comes from the Asheville Brewing Company about two hours up the road. But take it from me, there is a fine line between Oktoberfest and Oktoberfest overload, especially in Helen. But if you do want that Oktoberfest experience, you need to put that check in the box. Helen, Georgia will definitely satisfy it, but there's still plenty more to do in Helen. If you're into hiking, there's a four mile hike up in Yona Mountain. There's also the Duke Creek Falls hike, which is one mile down to see the falls and what I claim to be four or five miles back up. And I could probably spend a good 15 minutes just talking about that area. If you enjoy state parks, there's Smithgall Woods, as well as the Unicoi State Park. If you love to fly fish like me, there's the Upper Chattahoochee just north of Helen. Or you can visit Unicoi Outfitters, and they're just below Helen and fish their stretch of water on the Coochie Bend. Find yourself stuck in Helen during the month of December. They have a yearly Christmas spectacular as well that's worth checking out. So within roughly eight hours of Central Florida, you can be up there uh, for whether it be Oktoberfest or a nice Christmas celebration. One of my favorite Helen, Georgia trips or experiences is what I call the 15 seconds of anxiety. We were up there, I don't know, 10, 11 years ago, the whole family, we did a rafting trip. You can actually raft through uh, the Chattahoochee through the city of Helen. And one of the family members was uh, screaming, thinking that they were going to drown as they were going through with their tube. And finally, the CEO said, stop and stand up. And turns out they were standing or floating through about two and a half feet of water, but their anxiety caught up with them and they thought they were near sheer death. So back to the motivation for this Oktoberfest episode, our recent trip to Savannah, and our recent visit to Chef Darren's Kitchen Table for an October-themed cooking class. And the CEO discovered Chef Darren ah, probably a year, maybe two years ago. This was our second or third class with him. And Chef Darren has been in Savannah for the better part of 17 years. He actually started out down here at Disney um, in that area, 
moved to Savannah about 17 years ago, started the cooking school at the mansion on Forsyth Park. That's the same boutique hotel that we were married in. In April 2015, he opened up Chef Darren's Kitchen Table. And Chef Darren's Kitchen Table not only offers cooking classes, but they are right now Savannah's only full-service kitchen store. They stock a wide variety of stuff. Think Epicurean cutting boards. And if you've never seen an Epicurean cutting board, they're kind of this, you'd almost think they're a bamboo, but they're not. They're pressed or condensed paper, so it doesn't damage your knives as you're using them. Speaking of knives, they carry a wide variety of Kyocera knives, as well as a host of sauces and seasonings. Every visit there, we leave with at least one or two new kitchen gadgets that actually get used. So our evening started out with warm, fresh pretzels accompanied by a fresh beer cheese dip. This is the kind of beer cheese dip that you could actually smell. It was that good. And for reference, here's the Chateau, official Chateau Relaxo beer cheese recipe, a block of cream cheese, a jar of that Kraft Old English cheese, a little bit of Worcestershire sauce, a little bit of garlic, a little bit of beer, stir it together and set it out and let people dip chips and bagel pieces and whatnot into it. Chef Darren's recipe was well beyond that. Chunks of real cheese infused with beer and mixed with just a whole bunch of culinary magic. And from there, we put on our aprons and went to work. The menu, we started out with a Pequot carrot salad, shaved carrots, horseradish, heavy cream. And, and I always ask, I wanted to ask Chef Darren, why is it always heavy cream? Why is there no average or regular cream? Mix that with some lemon juice, some sugar. This is one of those dishes that gets better the longer it sits and marinates, if it lasts that long. It was that good two hours after we fixed it. From there, it was schnitzel time. It was hunter schnitzel or Jaeger schnitzel covered in a sauce, this bacon, onion, mushroom, red wine, and a whole bunch of seasonings made up the sauce. The schnitzel, pounded pork or pounded pork loin, and breaded. So here's the secret Chef Darren taught me to breading. Most of the time when I bread anything, I end up, my hands look like SpongeBob filled with this gooey uh, glue mix of flour and egg. So you start out with something wet, the pork. You mix that into the dry, which is your flour. Put it again into something wet, which is your egg. And then finally something dry. So think wet, dry, wet, dry. So the dry, the last dry was the panko. And then the secret is you keep one hand for wet. So my left hand was the wet part and my right hand was the dry part. No more giant SpongeBob gloves. And then from there, you fry it in a neutral oil like vegetable and not olive oil, which is the CEO's favorite oil that she tends to use for everything. And then to finish the plate, it was a potato and bacon dumpling. What's not to like? We've all done traditional dumplings here. We've done traditional dumplings, we've done schnitzel, but potato dumplings was something new to us. And the key is to get as much moisture out of the potatoes as possible. Chef Darren showed us a trick. You take out your potatoes. We actually rice the potatoes with a potato ricer and then threw just a standardized kitchen towel over the top to bring out even more of the moisture. That plated up. It was a wonderful looking plate. For dessert, it was Bavarian apple strudel. For me, strudel has always been kind of that jelly roll style bakery dish covered in cinnamon sugar. 
Bavarian strudel is a little bit different. It's this wonderful creation of phyllo dough. And if you've never used phyllo dough, it's a lot of fun until it dries out. But phyllo dough, creme fraiche, Granny Smith apples, and then probably nine or 10 additional ingredients. Bake it. It comes out of the oven as this warm, golden brown dish of goodness. And of course, the key is to put your baking dish on some sort of a cookie pan because it is going to be lava boiling over and nobody wants to clean a dirty oven. The class concludes with all of the students sitting down and enjoying the food that we just spent the last couple hours preparing. And as a kicker, Chef Darren does all of the cleanup. So if you find yourself heading into Savannah, if you're looking for a great date night activity, check out Chef Darren's Kitchen Table, book a reservation. They've got classes on low country cuisine. So that's your traditional Savannah shrimp and grits. They have an entertaining class that covers the French bistro. One that I want to do is called One Dough, Lots of Cookies. And then every Wednesday night, Chef Darren does a Facebook live event. Chef Darren always does a great job. We always pick up a couple new tips on how to do something. You will not be disappointed. And that does it for my thoughts on Oktoberfest. If you want detailed show notes, links, pictures, head over to podpage.com slash travel hyphen stories. Leave me a message at Anchor. Shoot me an email, travelfrick at gmail.com. That's travelfrick at gmail.com. As I always say, travel safe, stay safe, and thanks for listening.